0: Welcome to Dr. Cindy Speaks. Regular musings and reflections on politics, current events. Dr. Cindy Banyer is a mom and small business owner, fighting for our water, our health, our community. She's running for the people of Southwest Florida, trying to flip Florida 19 from red to blue. Listen as she speaks truth to power. Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Cindy Banyer of Dr. Cindy Speaks, and this is the Daily Diatribe for January 4th, 2023, and this podcast is being recorded at 6.23 p.m. Wow. It has been one heck of a day when it comes to politics. We saw the Republican-led Congress just in utter disarray once again as Kevin McCarthy went through six votes failing to get the majority for the speakership. We also saw a big, big, interesting piece of rebellion from some of the far right conservatives on Congress, just like we saw yesterday, led by the Freedom Caucus and apparently another caucus called the Main Street Caucus, and then funded by the Club for Growth folks, who are the most fiscally conservative people on the Congress or in the Congress rather. And this led to today, all these folks who had been behind Jim Jordan to jump behind Byron Donald. That is my former opponent. Now I'm actually going to do a whole special here coming up on Byron Donald. So if you want to hear more from him, check that out. That will be posted a little bit later here today. So There was a lot of people wondering what was going on and who this guy Byron Donalds is and frankly, what is going to happen with the Congress. So they recessed at about around 5 p.m. and they're going to try again at 8 p.m. So it'll be interesting to see what ends up coming out here later tonight. So we'll be talking about that tomorrow on the Daily Diatribe here. But let's talk about other news that's going on here around the country. So we saw the really major FDA rule change come into effect here today that the abortion pill is now going to be available in big chain pharmacies and online. This goes... Re- rolls back a rule that talked about making women come in person. This was suspended during COVID and now there are actually rules in place to allow that happen. So now a woman in need of abortion care, particularly early on in a pregnancy, can seek a medical abortion through pills and get that sent to her or picked up at a local pharmacy. And that is a big improvement for access to healthcare for women. So this is a big rule change and it will help a lot of women, especially those who have difficulty getting out to see a practitioner or picking up medicines in person. So, looking forward to that and really happy to see that movement by the Biden administration. Other things that are going on in talks about migration. So interestingly enough for all the flapping from the right about migration and the fentanyl, which by the way, we heard from the crazies on the floor here, including Kat Kamek and Scott Perry talking about fentanyl, which by the way, just for the record, there is no evidence that people who are crossing the border to seek asylum are in fact trafficking fentanyl. That is not to say that fentanyl is not coming across the border from various places, but it is typically coming through ports. Okay. That is where the vast majority of things that are being shipped into this country are coming from. They're not coming via mules over land or definitely not coming with asylum seekers. Just want to correct some information out there on that. However, we did see today in Florida on the Dry Tortugas, which is a park Island down near Key West, a boat with migrants from Cuba, Got made it there and they were rescued and they're being processed now. Interestingly that this, we had people coming by boat to Florida a lot over the past 30, 40 years. It has not been as popular recently. Um, especially since we ended the wet foot dry foot immigration policy that essentially gave Cuban migrants above all other different types of migrants immediate status and pathway to residency and citizenship. So it was a very preferred status that the Cuban people had here. Now that was ended. Now they have to find other means to be able to come into this country. But we'll be following that along. But this is Just a testament to how important it is to have sound immigration practices and compassion for the human condition. Because if you're going to be getting on a boat or if you're going to be walking across land for hundreds of miles, you know that the situation where you are is pretty dire. So, hoping the best for those migrants and hoping that our policies around that can come with a compassionate and really effective policy to help our migrant friends who are coming through and coming here trying to seek. A better life here in the United States. So additionally, we also saw an ongoing saga here in Southwest Florida. As you may know, I am here in Fort Myers, Southwest Florida, where we were hit in September of last year by Hurricane Ian. It was extremely devastating. It's probably out of the minds of many folks, but not us here. Many people who live a little bit further inland like I do, things have gotten back to normal for a lot of us. However, the people who live closer to the coast or experience uh, significant flooding along the river, which is not too far, that's the Caloosahatchee River here, are still rebuilding. And the island communities, Fort Myers Beach, Pine Island, are still incredibly devastated. Sanibel, which just opened to traffic on the 2nd from outside people so only residents had been allowed on the island to cross the bridge up until just a few days ago so those places are really terrible there are still ongoing operations to remove boats from places the shipping fleet is still not removed and still on property and not functioning so you have a lot of different things going on a lot of people who lost their homes we lost over 18,000 residential and commercial properties that have led tens of thousands of people to be homeless or displaced in some way, shape, or form here in Southwest Florida. And that those includes, by the way, that 18,000 number includes the 12,000 homes and buildings that were completely destroyed and then another 6,000 or so that were so destroyed that they're unlivable. So we have a pretty significant crisis. Before that we had an affordable housing crisis like many places around the country, including here in Southwest Florida. I've actually worked in part on the affordable housing crisis and trying to build affordable housing here in Southwest Florida for going on 10 years. And there's really no great solution to it because basically our county commission and our state legislature tours are all bought and sold by developers, the real estate industry banking, which you'll hear a whole lot about when you hear my podcast on Byron specifically, but they then just prioritize the development and high-end luxury development feeding into the tourist industry and things like that. So we have a whole lot of second homes and things like that. They would much rather see that affordable housing for the people who live here, work here, families, things like that. But it's really come to a head over the past few years because that's really biting people in the butt because it is these working class families that are running the hotels and the restaurants and the retail that the, Tourism Industry Thrives office. So anyway, those are the folks who are being displaced. And there are so many people who cannot live in their house or they're trying to rebuild. And there's been a long-standing request and understanding that FEMA has trailers to be able to help these people. However, they have not been distributed. So far in Lee County, there are zero people who are able to live in a FEMA trailer. Although since very soon after the storm, they've been sitting up in the next county up near Punta Gorda in Charlotte County. And this has a lot to do with the fact that the local county commissioners have some restrictions on where you can put housing, especially by the way, certain types of housing. And this is where it's really coming to a head, okay? Because these are mobile homes, they're smaller homes, right? So they've done a lot in terms of the local policies to make it nearly impossible to build these kinds of smaller affordable homes. I remember myself getting wrapped up in this as we were trying to do the tiny houses as housing first for homeless folks, right? So there's all these county rules and regulations around where you can put things where, and what type of housing they can be. So basically there's, they've blacked out the ability for anybody to build or have these small units on their property. Okay. So now we come here to after hurricane Ian, people literally just need a place to live as they rebuild their homes sometimes. Okay. But that is not happening. So there's flood zone issues and basically the county commission just keeps punting it back to the state and to FEMA saying, Oh, give us the trailers. FEMA has the trailers they did their part. They are sitting there. They were requested. It took a long time, though, by the way, for Ron DeSantis at the state and then the local people to actually request those trailers. But they finally did request them, and they got them here, and they cannot place them because of the county ordinances in place related to placing properties, placing things on flood zones, which sounds like it was put in place to keep people safe and that. It's not. It was put there as a way to prevent these types of homes from proliferating across the area because this was a major solution maybe five, six years ago that people were pushing to help alleviate the affordable housing crisis. So it was one of these squirrely things that was put in place that people could say that they, oh, our hands are tied, flooding regulation, trying to keep people safe, can't have those houses. So now we still have thousands of people who cannot have access to the FEMA trailers that are sitting empty 20 miles away from where they're needed, and nobody can actually get a hold of them. So, I just want a little update on that update on what's happening here in Southwest Florida and Hurricane Ian, that it's still ongoing for us. And by the way, Byron Donald's has done jack shit to help us. But we'll talk a little bit more about Byron Donald's and my special coming up here. That is all I have to say here for today. This daily diatribe with me, Dr. Cindy Banier on Dr. Cindy Speaks. I'm here every Monday through Friday going on about news and things that are happening today. I'm so happy to be part of the Big Mouth Media team and all of the great things that we have going on. I'm also co-hosting with my friend Rebecca Jones, Misinformational. That will start up again next week. So look for a new episode next Thursday to drop. And we have a lot of other great shows coming on. So check out and stay tuned to Big Mouth Media. You can subscribe to all of the Big Mouth Media channels through places that you already listen to podcasts, like Spotify and Apple, you can actually subscribe to the whole channel on Apple Music. And you can also listen to our shows through our website, BigMouthMediaFL.com. So thank you so much for joining me here today. And we'll see you next time at Dr. Cindy Speaks. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Dr. Cindy Speaks. If you'd like to learn more about her, go to cindybanyet.com or connect with her directly at vote at cindybanyet.com. We love connecting with people.